It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Thank you for listening to the late-breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to check out new episodes every Wednesday and every Sunday. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Late Breaking F1 podcast presented by Harry Eid, Sam Sage and me, Ben Hocking. We're back with another episode. What what number episode is it? Mm, I think we've got a little a little introductory of, of what it could be. What is it again? Beautiful. Obviously, that was so good. We've been planning that for weeks. Five or six episodes oh, at least. So good. Start of the year, I think. Yeah, and it was going to be on. So this is going to be really Sunday's episode, but then we did a, you did an extra. You episode. don't know the chaos. Oh, it's been absolute chaos. But Lil John, he's here. Three six nine. Three six nine. <laughs> nice. And then you should listen That's to this like... episode to the window and then back to the wall. <laughs> we really built up that moment, and you know what? Not worth it. <laughs> oh, okay. Lil John, indeed. Yep. Anyway, we're back. I mean, that indicates we're back on the soundboard at least. So we've True. got a better chance of this one going smoother than last week's. Oh my God. Sunday was painful. I, I wish one to have better internet. Actually, it wasn't even my fault. I was fine. We just can never be apart. <laughs> we just can't use the other software that won't be mentioned. You, you and that can't be allowed to no, part the soundboard. the soundboard. Yeah. We, we, prompt, we apologize and to both Kirsty and to listeners if it was a poor experience. Yeah, like we recorded that at like two and then Kirsty edited it all afternoon. Yeah, entire Sunday afternoon spent listening to us on minute form. So Very we're sorry. sorry. We're sorry. Okay, dog. Our apologies indeed. Um, <laughs> in better news, um, good news regarding Patreon. I know we've discussed this um, previously that changes were coming, but changes are now here, folks. Um, we've got some new benefits that are live. So if you'd like to get involved on Patreon, or indeed if you are already involved in Patreon and want to check out some of the new features on another tier, you can do. Um, we've still got some, the, the old classics. Not, nothing's changing in terms of ad-free episodes. That's still available that you can listen directly through Spotify on there if you choose to. 
two full bonus episodes, same deal there. Um, but we've got a few new, uh, few new perks, the likes of a history series. We're going to be doing some reviews of some classic races um, from days gone by. We're going to be doing power rankings after every race this year. Event priority as well. We are going to try and do some more events this year and you will be the first to know and the first to be able to book if you're on the right tier. So there's far more detail about what you can get on each one if you go on to the Patreon link in the description, but just wanted to let you know to kick off the episode. So much extra content. It's like six or seven hours extra content. Do you know what? I bet that costs like £100 a month. You know what? It doesn't cost £100 no. a month. It's a bargain. Cost of a cup of coffee, really. Shut the front door. There's no front doors in this room, but I will <laughs> slam them on my way out. That's how exacerbated the situation Good is. Good Lord. That's, that's a, that is a bargain. Don't buy a coffee. Buy a late-breaking podcast. <laughs> because we really need it. Thank you. Was that the kind of cell you were looking for? Yeah. Yeah. Good. We're in. Smash that. (laughs) Yep. Cheers, guys. Appreciate it. Um, Coming up on today's episode, Late Faking makes an appearance a little bit later on. We're going to be discussing some of the 2024 changes coming in, including uh, DRS changes um, and the Sprint Weekend changing format. Uh, Alex Alban's future, we're going to be discussing that in a little bit. But we're going to start with a terrifying question. What would Late Breaking do to fix F1? Or more possibly break it even further but i know sam you were you were keen to get this one uh, on the schedule so i'm going to start with you take us any direction you'd like how on earth are you going to fix f1 i'm going to start relevant and what's happening right now and that is this bloody livery scandal that's going on that we're watching play out in the media oh, four boy. minutes he managed for that mention of this four I, minutes. I am fuming <laughs> do f1 teams know what paint is anymore have they only got one Jalux tester pot between them and they've got to paint the whole car with it and they've gone, we've run out Saskatchewan Carbon now. There has to be a change where it, there's a mandate of how much of the car minimum you must be painting. And if you are a black liveried car, like Mercedes have been of recent times, then you have to paint it black. Not to quote the Rolling Stones, but you have to paint it black. You cannot have it as carbon, okay? I do not care about your weight saving. I do not care about your budget caps. What's happening to branding? Do you have brands anymore? Ferrari as well and Red Bull are the two teams that were at the top for most of the year last year and Aston Martin. Do you know what they didn't do? Have loads of exposed carbon. Covered their cars in paint. Had a wonderful time, didn't they? with that logic, can you? Picked up more podiums, wings and, 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 and points to everyone else. No. <laughs> <laughs> no arguing allowed. I've spoken. Paint your cars. There needs to be a rule about it because branding is important and you look at a team like Ferrari and I hate to admit it, but a team like Red Bull, I just don't like delivery that much, but it is becoming quite iconic and you recognise it at a glance. So if you are steak, which are, we're not allowed to call it steak anymore. So, you know, Sauber. If you're Sauber... Good. It what country you're in. That's so true. We're in the United Kingdom and the BBC aren't allowed to say it either. So, you know, if, if you are Sauber, you're just a bad late-breaking livery now. You are. How can you ruin our colours like that? You've used them terribly and we do not condone this. Anyway, I hate it. Fix it. I miss the bright coloured grigs that we have had over the years. And if you think that that is the last we're going to say on liveries, you'll be very disappointed because we've got Pimp My F1 coming up very soon when all 10 teams have released their liveries and we'll be giving out, we'll be trying to give out some positive awards, I guess. But as you say, so many going down this this carbon fiber uh, path. Um, I, I don't know, I guess from my side, I'm equally annoyed and I agree with you. It's just, I can't really blame the teams for it because... They're allowed to do it. And I just wish the ruling was different. Like you say, the mandate has to be in place because otherwise the teams are always just going to 
try and gain every minuscule opportunity they can to push themselves forward. So I think it's more on the um, more on the sport than it is the teams, I guess. But uh, even compared to say three years ago, like five years ago, the grid is going to look radically different, but also the same. Uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's just it's just too dark. Like if you don't turn your brightness all the way up. I know a lot of people don't. I, I live life on the edge. I have everything on full brightness all of the time. All the time. All of the time. My phone is always on full brightness. All the stimulation. Yeah, I need to be, I need my face to be in like heaven if you look at me from across a dark room. Um, <laughs> even then, everything's just going to be a sea of grey and it's going to be rubbish and miserable. I hate it. I would love Pip my F1 and this year it's going to be just me being angry for a whole hour. <laughs> Devastated. <laughs> Well, we've still got Visa Cash App RB, so it's all good. I hate um, that that's probably going to be the best one as well. I hate it because the, they, I saw the back end leaked. And good Lord. I know. Oh God. Did you just say the words, I saw the back end leaked? <laughs> yes. That wasn't the problem. It was the click after. And then I winked and finger gunned the camera. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, the colours that I've seen, they look... Good. And it doesn't look like you can slap a load of carbon fibre on those colours. So let's hope. Fingers are crossed. Still time. Well, good. We've got liveries out of the way early. I I might as well just... I'm not going to go into depth on this one because I've said it so many times. I just need to mention it because we are talking about fixing F1. Rolling calendar. It's a good idea. (laughs) Get on board with it, F1. But... (laughs) I'm not going to go into depth about that today. Um, stewarding probably deserves a mention here because it's not not brilliant, is it? Um, deal. Five, five seconds for you, mate, but also five seconds for you and everyone else. I feel like the decision-making process absolutely needs to be streamlined to avoid embarrassment more than anything. I think there's been so many occasions in the last few years where stewarding has uh, it the delays in which decisions are made like you're, you're sitting five hours after a grand prix not knowing if this person's on the podium because they've been investigated for this and they haven't made a decision about it yet i think it just makes the sport appear a bit of a farce like if, if you're invested as i guess the likes of us are and you know there'll be other very dedicated fans around the world that will you know grit their teeth and put up with it, but there are others that aren't going to. Um, and it's just needlessly confusing. So I feel like stewarding needs an overhaul so that we can get to a position where decisions are made in the moment as they happen. Are there going to be wrong decisions made as a result of that? Yes and no. In that, yes, you will be forced to rush your decisions a little bit more, but also there are so many decisions that happen in F1 already where no one really knows what the right answer is and it's down to interpretation. I'd like to see the the rulings, uh, or the guidelines, I guess, be a bit clearer to ensure that multiple people can, um, you know, give out rulings and get to the same result. I, th- I don't think we're ever going to get to a perfect world, but at the same time, I don't think it's feasible to have one set of stewards. Um, I'd like to see, you know, in the same way that there are hundreds of football referees, right, that follow the same guidelines. I'd like F1 to get to a same point. And I guess something as a an add-on, I'd like to see comms back in terms of, I don't think it was done properly in terms of Michael Massey and Jonathan Wheatley, and it became a bit of a joke. But actually, I think the transparency that FE has 
actually that F1 has never really got on board with is needed. So classic stewarding rant there. Yeah, it's new gig. Um, I think, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, something that rugby does very, very well is when they're making a decision, you can hear the referee talking. And um, I had one of those headsets on when we went to Kota where I could hear the commentary all the time. And it would not be too much of a difficult stretch to play the stewarding room conversations over that headset on a channel that you could switch to to listen to discussions. Also, justice for the drive through Where is the drive through penalty? Bring it back. Bring it back. Justice for the 10 second stop go. I need that in my life. Because <laughs> it's savage. I can make a cup of tea in that time. <laughs> and I'm proving it. You know, a very old piece of content that Good. we did. Uh, won't be going back to that. But yeah, I mean, you're right, Ben. It's, it's inconsistent by weirdly being too consistent for the wrong reasons. Um, the fact that it's just a default decision means that, you know, a, a child could, could, could just do it. The moment anytime there's a contact or there's a problem, same button, press the same button again. Who cares? It's like they've all gone out for a beer and left the dog there and there's a treat on the button. Just press the button repeatedly every time. Let's be a knock on. Five seconds. <laughs> Woof. Um, yeah, you're right. Woof. It's a mess. It's a mess. It needs to change. Harry, any, uh, any points? Um, my f- first one I had down was get rid of V6 turbo hybrids. Bring back V10. No, this is an interesting one. But you going down the Curran Chandok school of thought here, friend of the podcast. Yes, I am. He's a wise man and I fully believe in it. So you bring back V10s. I'd be happy with V8s, but you know, V10s, if we're going to do this properly um, and you use sustainable fuels, Sebastian Vettel literally does it. He literally does it. The man does it already. So if he can do it, F1 can do it because I know it makes no difference to the racing to be honest, but it's the spectacle of, of F1 uh, and it's missing. And I know these cars are la- way louder than they used to be at the start of the hybrid era, but it's just not the same. Like the, a V10 rattles your your fillings. I still know that sound in an instant. It's just so good. And I, I just think it's, it's, it, it's, a, it's the bit of theatre that Formula One uh, misses at the moment is, is the noise. Um, so yeah, I, that I'd, fully i also think it would be cheaper because these turbo hybrids are insane they're to so run. expensive it'll be it's such a visceral experience well, if you listen to those v10s next to a track yeah and i think from a noise perspective I've, I've always been a little bit less fussed about noise compared to the average fan maybe but it's absolutely a benefit but actually as you say it's cost as well and also something i've got written down is we need lighter, more agile cars. That's very difficult to achieve with the way you know, the batteries are heavy boys. If you if we get back to this sort of thing, I think they almost go hand in hand. You you, you can easily achieve lighter, more agile cars by going with that solution. I, I also had uh, lighter, smaller cars on my smaller list. Smaller cars was also on my list. I might as well go to it. Because watch the Braun documentary. Mm. And I know it's 2009. I'm not saying that was the perfect formula there. But the, the cars just look, they look quicker. That doesn't make any sense because they literally weren't, but they just look They're quicker, so nimble. So nimble and like chuckable. They are chuckable. Um, you could pick one up. Big Shaq could throw one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good challenge. Can Big Shaq what throw a What car can Big Shaq throw? <laughs> um, but it, it just, I just, they are, the ones we have now are so heavy and cumbersome and- just chunky. massive, chunky. chunky. And I know they are going to get slightly smaller in uh, 2026, but not small enough and also still so heavy. Yeah. Doesn't need to be that heavy. Yeah. 
long, cumbersome, difficult boys. <laughs> That's what they call us. I'll move on swiftly. Uh, another one that I had, which I know that we're all in somewhat of agreement, but for different reasons, is DRS needs adjusting. Now, we're going to get onto the talking point of when DRS is active um, later on in, in the podcast. But I do think that the way DRS is used needs to be adjusted. And I think I'm all for the push to pass amount of times you're allowed to use it style adjustment where I don't mind it being there as an aid, but I think you could use it to go faster. Go, go fast. Um, you can use it when you're not overtaking down the straights that are, are safe and acceptable. I think that's fine. But I think that you only get a maximum amount of uses in a Grand Prix and you just have to choose whenever you want to use them. I think that is the right way to go forward. It should be a strategic part of racing, not just a, a free pass down a straight because you can. One of the many, many things that annoys me about sprint races is that in theory, one of the benefits of it is that it can be this sort of testing platform, right? For things like this. So I, I don't understand why it's not used for, I, cause I agree with you. I think that would be a great idea and I'd like to see that implemented. But if you're that unsure about whether it's a good idea, trial it out in sprints for a year. And if it doesn't work, fine, you go back to the drawing board and you don't, you know, you go for a different idea. And then if it works, you implement it across the board. It feels like they're almost missing out on an opportunity to try out a few things like that. Agreed. Thoughts? Any thoughts at all? Making changes? On push to, on push to pass? Well, of DRS. Um, I, I'm fully, I've said before, push to pass over DRS any day of the week. It's just a better solution. Uh, IndyCar do it well. And you do, you're right. You have to be, it's not just press a button. You have to be really strategic about how you use it, whether you're in defense or whether you're trying to catch up or whether you're trying to pass. Um, because then you also, it affects how much fuel you use. And I know it's like different in IndyCar because they, have uh, fuel stops, but it would still be the same in F1. You use more fuel up if you're using more push to pass. So that's another thing you've got to think about. So I'm, I'm yeah, fully on board. I, w- I would even, even if we didn't get all the way to push to pass, I'd have Kurs back. I know they still have battery deployment, but it's not the same. But just a boost. Yeah. That you Nos. can just, you choose when to turn it on and off. Like need for speed. Yeah. Like okay. need for speed. Fast and furious. Good the stuff. Film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, everything should become need for speed in F1. We will be family. Because <laughs> of Vin Diesel, get it? Good. That's fast and furious, though. It's the same thing. You yeah. said need for speed. Yeah, that's based on the... It, one yeah. of them is based on the other. Sure. I don't know which way around it is. <laughs> sure. The um, I mean, last thing I wanted to raise was um, cost cap. I feel like it, it. it's a good idea, and I've always been in favour of it, I just think it needs a few improvements to firstly include some more things because there are still so many things that sit outside the cost cap, but also, and I know this is somewhat being addressed and has been raised a lot by the likes of Williams is that not all teams were on an equal footing when we got to the cost cap era, which means from an infrastructure perspective, there are teams that are lagging behind and can't catch up within the way the cost cap works. So, and again, I appreciate this is somewhat being addressed already. I just think it needs to be addressed a little bit more. Um, Just like infrastructure allowances, just to, to be able to, yes, you have permission to spend this amount in order to catch up in terms of whatever the facility is. Um, I think that's needed. Otherwise, this parity that we're trying to achieve, I don't think it's ever truly going to come. Completely agree with you. I think that's a big need. Um, I think that realistically, if we're ever going to have teams come from the back all the way to the top, 
you can't do it unless you've got the equipment at your hands. And we've seen what's happened with Aston Martin, right? The level of money they put into the infrastructure they're building, an entire new system, entire new uh, warehouse, testing, whatever, what, what we're calling it. Factory. That's the one. Thank you. It's been, it's been a long day. It's been yeah, a whole new factory. Yes. There you go. It's good enough, isn't it? Sorry if you're new to F1. Um, and, you know, we're seeing them move up the grid. I'm not saying that's the only reason they are moving up the grid, but it's definitely going to help. And you've just looked at how McLaren have got a new wind tunnel as well. That will massively help the development of any car that they, they build moving forward. So 100% agree with you. The last thing I had, um, because I think the car size was the big one, but we will touch on it. So the last thing I had was the, the change in how blue flags work in Formula One, especially around a track like Monaco. I think this is quite important. If you look at... Um, well, it's used to be WEC, but now hypercar. Or if you look at GT3 racing, or if even if you look at IndyCar, blue flags are a suggestion, a polite offering from the stewards. Um, this is not a rule to get out of the way just because a blue flag has been waved at you there and then. Um, very much a Formula One ruling and the lower formulas. And you don't have to get out of the way at all if you don't want to. In that It is up to the fast driver, the first place driver, to overtake strategically, safely, and properly. Um, and of course, if you are the back marker, it's up to you whether you really are a bit of a, a poo and you put up a fight. I was, I was going to swear. Well done. Thank you. Um, and you know, you, you deal with it or you, um, you use it to your advantage, of course, because in theory, if you're last and you've been lapped by first, you could sit behind, directly behind first place and use the faster car to get yourself back up to the front of the field again, possibly. So I just think that it will create a whole series of challenges it will create a much more dense racing field because you wouldn't just fly past all these back markers who end up possibly a lap or so behind. I just think it would be a nice adjustment to the competitive nature of Formula One if it wasn't a, you must move, but rather a, if you fancy it, if you're nice, you can move. I like the IndyCar version where it's, you don't have to be, don't get blue flagged on the first time being lapped. But if you can be lapped yeah. a second or yeah, third time, get out of the way. Yeah, I think that's fair. Because then you are just in the way. But first time round. Yeah. It, it's not often you get people that are lapsed twice or three times in F1 anymore. Not anymore, no. God, do you remember we used to have two or three laps on a regular? Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good. What a therapeutic topic. Go ahead and say one more thing. I feel much better now. One more yes, thing? Go oh, on. go on then. Go on. Get rid of sprint races. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. Okay, oh, on. you had to go there. Deep breath. I, I, I was so well restrained as well. I was going to I was gonna mention it and I was like, no, I'm not going to. I'm going to be good. No, and no. then you just did it anyway, so. Because yeah, they suck. Yeah. Do we all feel a bit more relaxed now? Yeah. <sighs> Goose faba. <laughs> <laughs> Anger management. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a niche well, reference. After that detoxing segment, we're going to take a short break. On the other side, we're going to be chatting Alex Alban. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. been a very well i was gonna say it's been a very interesting off season but that would be uh, a bit of an understatement given what's happened in the last two weeks um but alex alban has found himself i guess in the middle of everything because whilst he is continuing on with williams this year and indeed james Vowles has said alban has a contract with the team in 2025 as well uh we know that he has been somewhat linked to the vacant mercedes seat for next year um, and we know there's also been rumblings that Red Bull might go back for him again. So you've got two top teams here that are very sort of roughly showing interest in Alex Alban. Um, it's it's a far cry from where he was a couple of years ago, Sam. There were times when he got that promotion and then demotion in the Red Bull family where us included, but pretty much all of the Formula One community were, you know, a little bit off with his head styled here. We were very much ready to have him removed from... What are you pointing at? It's you. It was me. Sam was quite savage. I was possibly <laughs> the ringleader uh, for that movement. My point here is that, you know, publicly, and I ain't, ain't going to hide it, he wasn't good enough. He let himself down. He was inexperienced and he does have, you know, reasonings to back that up. But at the face of it, he wasn't good enough. So the fact that he's bounced back to be this driver in the, in the F1 community that is hugely loved by so many people. Everyone adores him. They think he's lovely. He's so level-headed. He's thoughtful. And he's really turning around the, the face of Williams at the moment. He's ensuring that they have got a solid platform to build on. And whilst I don't think he's a world-beating superstar, I do think he's a very solid pair of shoulders that as a team you want to rely on, especially a team that is coming from the back and trying to get their way back to the front. Now, Mercedes and Red Bull both interested. I would be shocked, absolutely flabbergasted if he went back to Red Bull. I just, the experience that he had there last time, I do not think for his mental state and the way that he dealt with it would be a healthy thing, especially when he is in such a prominent, safe, good position. The relationship he's got with James Vowles is incredibly strong. The the relationship he's got with the team is very strong. He is adored at Williams and by Williams. So I can't see him going to a place like Red Bull. My slight concern with the other option in Mercedes is that I do feel like Mercedes and Williams are almost evolutions of each other. They almost kind of stem from one another at the moment in their cultural approach, in their team members, in the way they've worked through, you know, the last decade. James Vowles, of course, is a, a an offcut of that incredibly successful Mercedes team and knows everything that Toto Wolff did and was so close to Toto Wolff and was essentially his replacement whenever Toto Wolff couldn't make it to the racetrack for anything. So... Would it be particularly different? I think Albon would not enjoy not being number one. I think Russell will always be number one at the moment. I'd be shocked if Albon would outright beat Russell. Um, so for me, 
I, I don't think he should step away. I think he should embrace this project and continue to work with James Vowles and this progressing team and, and Pat Fry and the rest of the team that they're bringing in to grow Williams. And I think it's a fantastic project to be a part of such a heritage brand. So uh, it's great that he's getting that attention. I'm sure it's a nice little ego boost, but I do think he's going to stay put. What do you think, Gary? Yeah, it's a tricky one because on the face of it, you'd go, well, yeah, why, would not, why wouldn't you move to... Mercedes. Seventh to second or wherever it might be. To the eight-time world champions. Um, but I, I, I'm with you and with Sam. I, it's, it feels, it's like a bit trickier than that because you're right. It, he goes to Mercedes, inevitably, we'd, you'd think he'd, he'd pick up some wins. Possibly, yeah. Across his whole career. He yeah. might be in contention for a championship, but you're right, him versus Russell... I, you're going to have to go for Russell but in that battle. You got beaten by him in their junior career. Well, exactly. So I, I, yeah, I would, I don't know whether it's thinking with your, with your heart too much, but um, I would stay put at Williams and you're right. It's, it's, he is easily the lead driver there. He can build it around himself. And yes, I know they're building from basically the bottom or seventh place, uh, but there's potential there. You just, he's what, 27? Yeah, there's, he's got time there, and yep. he could build. Build. He's got time to 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 do that building, um, and there, there's just a bit of a feel around Williams at the moment with James Vowles, as you say, Pat Fry. I don't know. It's going to take a while, and he might. He might. If he does stay, he might be looking at that Mercedes seat and going, "Oh, what have I done?" But I just think there's the opportunity for something, something better there for album. But it's a tricky one. Uh, I think he would. It's. He'd have to think long and hard to turn it down if they offer that to him. And he yeah. goes, no, I want to stay in the Williams. It's a tricky one. I don't envy yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. It's, it's far easier for us to sit here and and say that what he should do rather than him actually be in a position to race for a team like Mercedes and turn that down. That is a tall order, even if it would be for the best, that is such a difficult thing to do. I'm with you though. I, I do hope that Alex Albon stays and continues to prosper at the Williams team because what they are building does seem incredibly positive. And he's clearly comfortable at the team and he feels at home at the team, which is a far cry from what he was at Red Bull. I, and it wasn't that long ago. It was only a few years ago. And it, it was almost, and I appreciate it was more inexperienced back then, but it was almost two different people if you compare now to back then. You remember the, the pressure he was under week after week from everyone. It really it really impacted not only him, but his, his performances. And you can remember, I think I mentioned this before, but you remember like instances like um, at the Nürburgring when whoever it was was trying to overtake him in his Red Bull and he got so flustered about the goal of whoever it was trying to overtake him in a red bull. And it was a, a over team radio and he got so flustered about it yeah, that was that. completely out of character. Yeah. Um, but you wouldn't hear that now. And part of that is going to be because he's, he's more mature, but he's in a better environment. So I, I do hope he stays for his own sake. What I did find interesting, Sam was how quick James Vowles was to be very clear on this and say, he's racing for us in 2025 do you think he is just trying to put an end to any speculation as soon as possible? Or is it a case of it might be a bit of a gray area and he's just trying to get in there as soon as he can? I think 
the community, us, have a lot of love and respect and trust in what James Vowles has. He has built up a reputation for himself in the wider F1 world as being a very dependable, safe pair of hands that makes good decisions, right? If James Vowles says something, a lot of the time I go, yes, he's probably right. I'll pro- he's, he knows- man, James, yes. Yes, yes, Mr. Vowles, whatever you say. Honestly, I, there's not a lot of people in Formula One that if they just speak to a camera, I go- yeah, okay, sure, I believe you. And I do, I look at him and I believe him. And I think he is very aware of his position in the Formula One community. And he's using that position. He is using that approach to cement the relationship with Alex Albon. And I think Alex Albon looks to James Vowles in the same respect. I think they are very, very close. I think they work together very, very well. So when you hear publicly someone like James Vowles saying, he's with us until 2025, the end of 2025, you know, he is contracted to us. There is no way. And I think, I think that puts a little bit of a, you know, a marker down. I think he's putting his foot down and he's saying, Alex, we want you to be here. You're, you are contracted to here. And technically we don't have to do anything until the end of that contract. Remember that, like everything's good. So I think he is being very crafty, very clever. And just reminding both Alex Albon and the supporters of that team and the rest of the garages around the, around the Williams team that might have interest to go, back off, he's ours, and he's not going anywhere, and there's no reason why he would be going anywhere. I just, I think he's a clever guy, and I think he's doing the right thing. Do you agree, Harry, or do you think it's differently? Uh, he's a, in James Files we trust. Correct. Every Tattooed time. on my back. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like diagonally across. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why? <laughs> um, uh, he, he's, yeah, he's just putting out there straight away, isn't he? He's just, you're not, you're not good in it. Anywhere, sunshine. You're my driver. You're mine. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a hands-off to, to his old mate Toto, I guess. Get off him, Toto. Get your greasy mitts off, my boy. <laughs> we don't, can, uh, you know, can't confirm that Toto has greasy mitts. I also imagine he's cockney. <laughs> Good Lord. Um, <laughs> Better than your actual impression of him, so I'll take it. Get your greasy... No, I, I want him. Give me Alex Albon. <laughs> Get your greasy mitts off me. Um, Get to my greasy mitts. Anyways. Boy, proven. <laughs> Yeah, look, this is this is just a smart play from from uh, from Mr. Vals. I think get you know no one's actually officially Toto's not come out and said we're looking at Alex Albon, but James Vals is paying attention to the all the rest of the world are saying he's seeing them beady eyes. Yeah, he's see- <laughs> I see him. I see you looking. <laughs> get, get your eyes away from him. <laughs> um, and he's just nipping nipping it in the bud. Oh, uh, that's a good expression. Don't know whether uh, it will actually do anything, but you know he's laying it out now. Nip that bud. <laughs> yeah. I just thought that, I don't know, the, the move from Vows to say it as quickly as he could made me think, mm, maybe maybe it's a little, not up in the air, I, I don't know if that's right, but we've seen with contracts before where it's kind of multi-year but been a bit unsure on options and the like. And we've just seen it with Lewis Hamilton's contract as well. And I didn't know if this was a move to from Williams to be like, laying their stake in the ground like yep he, he's ours um and then trying to put off others even though they might in theory have a chance I, I think again it would be even with that contract in place if toto really wanted him i think they'd end up making it happen but it's almost like james val saying you you'd have to you'd have to go through a lot of uh a lot of steps in order for that to happen, in which case it's probably not worth your while and look elsewhere, mate, you know? Um, 
but yeah, it'll be interesting. It, again, it's just very interesting to see how Alex Alban is uh, is a hot commodity after uh, a couple of you know really strong years. But um, yeah, he's a little hot cross bun. He is <laughs> love a hot cross bun. Oh, I got I got the chocolate ones though. <laughs> Oh God! Very excited. Didn't think we'd get back onto hot cross buns again, but we I, always will, do. I will always bring it back. <laughs> uh, love your hot cross bun. <laughs> if you could eat a hot cross bun with any uh, any F one driver, who would it be and why? Uh, James Vales. He's not an F one driver. He's in my heart. He gets my heart racing. <laughs> Just looking each, into each other's eyes. It's like, as you bite into your hot cross bun. Greasy mitts. Good lord. <laughs> The irony is Harry's answer would also be a JV, just a different one. Well, Jensen Vutton. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. That's the funniest thing you've ever said. <laughs> oh, it's only taken through to the 69 episodes. Oh, like <laughs> <laughs> little jogger, thank for that one. Oh, move on. Oh, my word. Yeah, we are moving on. We're going to take our second break. On the other side, we're going to be chatting through the 2024 changes recently announced. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, welcome back. Uh, a few changes have been announced ahead of the 2024 season. Um, as follows. Um, firstly, a, a smaller one, I guess, in that four power units will be allowed for each driver this year rather than three, which was the case last year. Um, but two of the bigger changes, the sprint weekend schedule is changing. So if you remember back to 2023, it used to be that you'd have FP1 on a Friday morning, followed by main qualifying. Saturday would then be fully dedicated to sprint races. So sprint qualifying in the morning, sprint race in the afternoon, and then the actual race on Sunday. Under the new schedule, um, it will be the sprint qualifying that happens on the Friday afternoon with the sprint race in the morning of the Saturday. And then you're fully into the actual Grand Prix in terms of qualifying in the afternoon with the race on Sunday. It's very easy, isn't it? Um, <laughs> so that's another that's, that's another one of the changes. Um, and then as already mentioned earlier in the show, uh, DRS activation uh, in uh, normal races, not sprint races, because this has already happened in sprint races, but it, they, it will be active from lap two rather than lap three. So let's break it down, I guess, into each of those. Let's start with the sprint weekend format. Sam, what are your thoughts on this? Oh, it's funny how logical things can be when you just think about the process. The the, the way they had it beforehand was just ludicrous. Um, the way you would have 
qualifying and then you forget about that for a bit and do something else and have another qualifying and then a race. And then you have to remember the previous qualifying from two days ago at that point and then have the actual race. For new fans, it was confusing. For old fans, we were still shaking our heads, not really knowing what was going on. Thank God for Google, because sometimes I had to check on results that weren't clear. It was ridiculous. Um, so this is better. At least the two parts of the weekend are technically one after another. That makes sense. It is just a shame that they exist. Yes. Good. <laughs> Okay, let's put <laughs> to one side that they're not going anywhere. Oh. Harry, do you think it's a, it's a good move? I don't care. Um, don't say that. The listeners <laughs> are listening. Uh, yeah, look, it's, it's way more logical than it than it it uh, once was. So, well done, F one. It's only taken what like three years now. I just, it's not a discussion point, is it? It's just idiotic. Like, how did you not get it right the first time? Well, we know why. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sangamore. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think it's much more to add. It just it just now makes more sense. I guess the only thing I was going to say was um if you say you badly damaged your car now in uh what's it called? The sprint race. What's the order again? FP1, <laughs> sprint qualifying, sprint race, qualifying race. If you badly damage it in sprint no, in the sprint. My god. Oh, I'm lost. I don't know. There was, I had a point about you could really, it has a real knock on effect. So if you crash in the sprint race and you can't make qualifying, you're then going to start last in the race. That is what I meant. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, because those two are on Saturday, right? Yes. Nice. Did you look at the, the layout at all? I did. Did you listen to both me and Ben talk about it? That's debatable. Right, good. Such a good podcast. It, yeah. So maybe it's not as clear as it could be. Um, <laughs> Do you know what will yeah, be clearer no, though? What? They got rid of it. Ah, Go on. That's cracking. <laughs> hmm. It's an interesting point, that. Um, yeah, I mean, this is absolutely a positive because the old format, as you say, Sam, was bad. <laughs> like It was just unnecessary. Uh, the amount of times I got to Sunday and I was like, but they qualified 10th. Why are they starting set? Oh, wait, no, they qualified 7th three years ago when the qualifying session was. That makes sense. Um, yeah, it was just needlessly, it's needlessly confusing. And now you get to a point where, you know, Friday afternoon, the qualifying sessions can be tricky for people to 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 watch. I had a, a few times last year where I found, even if it was, you know, late afternoon on a Friday, it was tricky for me to tune in in the same way that I'd be able to on a Saturday and Sunday. I think spring qualifying is more missable than main qualifying is. So I think that's definitely, definitely a positive. Um, and ultimately, if you don't, if you don't want to pay attention to a sprint race, you don't have to now because it is completely divided. If you want your attention to start on a Saturday afternoon with main qualifying, you can do. Um, and then you get the main qualifying in the race. And it, it, it's just, it's neat. And I like neat. It just makes sense. Um, the only thing I would say is regarding Park Ferme rules, and I don't believe anything's changed here. I could be wrong, but I haven't seen anything indicating that this is changing. I would have it that after the sprint race on the Saturday morning, you could make changes to your car ahead of actual qualifying on the Saturday afternoon. Um, cause obviously at the moment, if, if it goes horribly wrong for you in first practice session and you're locked into a setup, there's not much you can do about it for the entire weekend. I'd like to see now we have that divide between the sprint race and the actual race that you actually also get the setup differentiation as well. So you are more likely to see a difference in results. It's, it, it's not going to make the world a difference, but 
that is one of the issues with sprint races at the moment is it's, it's, it's essentially become a mini version of the actual race to the point where if you're doing well in one of them, you're probably doing well in the other. So this just allows teams to maybe catch up if needed um, for the actual race. But yeah, I, I wish they'd included that. I completely agree with you. I think it means that we would, even though they are copy and paste, like you said, Ben, it's like a mini version. In theory, you would see somewhat of a different race. Let's say someone got it completely wrong, qualified 16th and couldn't progress any further and they were in a, a, a top car or a top half car, at least you know then going into the actual qualifying and the actual race, they might qualify in ninth and end up finishing in fifth or something like that. At least we're going to see somewhat of a different race. So agree on that point massively. In terms of DRS, that being one of the other main changes that's come into effect. Um, so with sprint races at the moment, it's active from lap two onwards and active one lap after a safety car period has happened. So that, that is essentially going to be replicated in normal races as well. Harry, do you think that's a positive move or not? Uh, the safety car one I agree with. I've always thought it's weird that they have to wait three laps after a safety car. The, the lap two one is fine. I don't think it makes a, I, the, the, the thing is with, with the first couple of laps, they're so close together anyway. Yes. You rarely need DRS. No more chaos. Um, yeah, but I don't know whether it will. Well, anyway, I, I, that's that. My point is that that second one feels less needed in my view. Um, and I just, yeah, I'm not sure what difference it will make, but the safety car one, good call, because I've never understood why. Because even with like VSC, DRS is immediately back online. So why was it never why was it never allowed to be back online when the safety car ended? I think they're one and the same, aren't they? In a, in a proper safety car, you bunch up and you have to be right next to each other. It's the same as when you start a race, you're all bunched up and right next to each other. So either it works after lap two, as it would after the first lap of a safety I, car. I'm not saying it doesn't work, I'm just not sure. I think, it's, I think it's the right change. I don't think we need this lengthy delay between a race starting or restarting and the DRS coming online. Because of course it used to be three laps for the main race as well. Um, and I just don't think it's needed. I think whilst we are too reliant on DRS overtakes, it should in theory keep the pack, pack much closer together, which I think is an overall positive. Uh, I just hope that it means that the cars are able to fight each other more into the braking zones and the corners due to DRS length and things like that. But I'm I'm all for this change. It would give 2011 Sebastian Vettel a headache, wouldn't it? Because he used to just run off. That man. Three laps. He'd have to do a 10th in the championship that year. <laughs> he couldn't, couldn't break the second in two laps. That'd be crazy. Yeah. Um, I, I see your point, Sam. I am, I am actually on the other side of this in that I, I agree with your point, Harry, where cars tend to be close enough on lap two that actually that feels like an opportunity. We can get some non-DRS overtakes done. Um, of course, a lot of it is down to, as you say, Sam, the strength of DRS and making sure that's well managed. I think that's probably the most important thing is not even the existence of DRS, but if it needs to exist, just making sure that it's managed well enough that, because my fear would be you would get, let's say a car's qualified out of position and they get DRS on lap two. That's an opportunity to make up a lot of positions very early on and make their job maybe easier than it should be. Um, maybe it would work like that. Maybe it wouldn't. But again, it's down to the strength of DRS because if you had DRS far too powerful, then that probably would happen. But if it's well managed, then maybe you'd argue it wouldn't be the case. Again, I don't think this is going to make the world of difference in all honesty. It's just one lap after all. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd probably have, have kept it at three. Let's know what you think, folks. Please. Anything to say on the power unit side of things? 
extra power unit for everyone? Mm, I mean, people were taking silly penalties anyway. It averts the silliness. No, but were they, like last year, I don't remember there being a huge amount of pet no, engine. It pens. was the year before that it was mm-hmm. it was bad. Um I mean I there are more races, I guess. Yeah, and they've they I think it was a division of seven, whereas this time it's a division of six. It's not that much of a difference. No, I think realistically you end up doing about yeah. two thirds. If you're going to divide it all in a funny way, you do about two thirds of a race more or less on each engine than you did last year. So it's really not much of a difference. Doing well on that cost cap saving. Yeah, it's another whole engine you've got to bring. I mean, well, I wonder because if you do bring four whole engines from the start, you're not stretching multiple parts. You might end up using more than one technically whole engine than you would have done if it's just brought to you from the start of the season. I don't know. I'm a bit indifferent about this one. It's very hard to gauge how it's going to be yeah. brought into the season until we actually see it take place. Yeah, it's not a massively important one, is it? But um, yeah, I mean, the sport is doing a far better job than it was a few years ago on this. Do you remember Do you remember the Italian Grand Prix one year where it was, I think it was the two McLarens, would have probably been Van Dorn and Alonso, or button and Alonso, I can't remember who it was, but they had like, I can't remember how many places it was in terms of a penalty. 125, I think. It was something like that. And we're not in that sphere anymore. So I feel I feel like we're going in the right direction with it. Um, whilst I do agree that that was ludicrous, I've said that twice now on this podcast. Um, do you remember the 2021 season? Yes, flashbacks and all that. But Lewis Hamilton must have taken about three fresh engines over the last five or six races because it was that potent to have a new engine over a used engine in the... You shouldn't be able to, the penalty was too- That was a weird time, wasn't it? Right, he was like, another engine, another one. I want another one. Another one. Another one. You get an engine and you get an engine. DJ Hamilton. Literally, another one. Um, yeah, and that was a bizarre one. So we don't want that happening either. So there definitely is a balance to strike. <laughs> Should we talk about steak? <laughs> mm, do we have to? Neon green steak. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, right. Bear in mind, folks, we are recording on Wednesday, the 7th of February. It has been two days, two days (laughs) since the team launched. In that time, it's essentially been confirmed that Stake will not be able to run as Stake in certain countries due to uh, gambling, advertising regulations. Um, Sauber are facing legal challenges in Switzerland, which is, of course, the home base of the team. Uh, Again, around gambling regulations. Um, And there was even, I I think this has been sorted out now, but there was something earlier where the, uh, the stake logo was removed from the official Salva website. Apparently that was just regular maintenance. So there was nothing to worry about. Sure. It's a weird time to have regular maintenance. The day day after you announce the partnership and the car, that's when you have regular maintenance. Yeah. But uh, your regular maintenance maintenance is taking the logo off. Yeah. What was that doing? Have you got to pick it up and dust underneath it? Have you? That's not how it works. (laughs) Clearly, underneath the sofa yeah literally pick up the sofa and vacuum and put it back later on sure and just to just so I'm making this very clear it's been two days since they launched it's going real well oh, it's chaos this season isn't it we haven't even started <laughs> why what is going on this off season I don't know <laughs> how on earth do you do you view that Sam that's just ridiculousness ridiculousnessness indeed, Ben. Um, I think that, (laughs) I think that the Sauber legal and social team 
panicked for a start. I think that's why, as as people who work in social and have to deal with- Not legal. Not legal. Just to clarify. Not legal. Not even close to legal. No, I let other very smart people deal with that. But as people who have Thank to manage goodness. social sites, websites and things like that, I, I, I've felt that panic before where something hasn't gone right or something hasn't been approved and you've gone, uh-oh, run to the CMS system to adjust or remove, run. Don't walk, sprint. And I think that's what they did. I think they went, uh-oh, we're not legally okay. And this website is active in Switzerland where we are legally not permitted due to the fact that Stake is a gambling company which doesn't hold a license in Switzerland who are now being investigated by the Casino Legal Group or something like that. And they've gone, removal trace. Immediately remove all trace of them. And then they went, too late. It's already happened now. We can't, we might just keep it there. Now it looks silly. And I think that's what's happened. I think they took it off and put it back on. Can I ask a really obvious question? Yeah, please. Because I think it's a very confusing matter. Would you not have checked this beforehand? Yes, that's the stupid <laughs> thing. Of course you would. <laughs> just just do your, do your, uh, do your research. Your, your due diligence. We're a Swiss team. Stake is a gambling Are company. Are we legal here? Gambling is usually something that's a bit touchy. Is it legal? <laughs> Are we legal? No. Should we own this team then? No. The fact that, you know, they can't even be mentioned in multiple nations. You can't even mention your home nation. When setting up a business, let alone a Formula One team, I think, are we legal? First question. It's probably Stop first question. common sense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, we've had some dodgy sponsors and some dodgy brands and some dodgy industries take part in Formula One. William Story is desperately trying to find something controversial to say. He's like, no, I'm the worst sponsor in F1. I'm, the, I'm rich energy. I'm a buffoon of a man. Um, and we've had, you know, actual Nigerian princes sponsor F1 teams that choose not to exist. We've had cigarette companies. We've had condoms. We've had everything you can think of on a Formula One car. And now we have a gambling company owning a Formula One car that isn't legal in the country that the Formula One car originates from is farcical. And I complimented the legal people earlier that I've worked with anyway and said that they're very clever. Stakes ones are not. They're deeply undercooked. Go back to oh, school. They were all, we went, went right there. They're yeah. tartar legal. <laughs> honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. It is honestly such a joke. I, the, the biggest joke about all of this is that, again, I'm going to go back to it. This is so embarrassing for the sport, but thank goodness we didn't let Andretti in and destroy our reputation. No worries. We'll do it ourselves. We have a team that is not going to be able to be called their team at some races this year. And that's the identity. That's the brand that Formula One would like from their teams. But Andretti, no, can't have that. That would make us look bad. Yeah, because this makes you look great, doesn't it, boys? What are you doing? (laughs) It's stupid. At best, you are going to be able to not run your own name at some races this year. That, as as mind-blowing as this is, that's the best case scenario. (laughs) Like, it sounds like it could get worse than that if some of these decisions go the wrong way for the team. Um, I don't know. Imagine imagine trying to explain this to a newer fan. Like, I I appreciate we don't want... uh, 
I don't know. Like someone is not paying attention to Formula One over the off season, as many don't do, and they'll just pick the sport back up again in February. Be like, right, okay, who's that then? Oh, that's steak. Well, the commentator didn't just call them steak. Oh yeah, they're not steak here. All oh, right, why aren't they steak here? Oh, you know, because they're not allowed to. Okay, cool. Um, who's that? Oh yeah, that's um that's herb. What do you mean herb? Oh sorry, RB. Okay, right. V- Visa Cash App RB is what they all oh, right, okay. Yeah. That sounds good. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> I've just I've just done some on the fly what research, Ben, because you are correcting all the points you're making. And of course, we have 24 races so far this season. Although there are rumours that we might not, because Singapore are now under investigation. We'll get to that on another topic at some point. But eight of the 24 Grand Prix that we're going to, one third of the season, stake is not legally allowed. Thirty-three percent of your entire investment per season cannot be seen, cannot be spoken about, cannot be advertised because you legally cannot exist in that region. How ridiculous. We're just going to have to call them Salba. Oh gosh, I'm devastated. But they're going to have to because you can't, like for people like Crofty, he's going to implode. (laughs) He will implode. I feel sorry for him. But you have to call them the Salvas because they're going to change at different races. So there's no way you're going to call them steak or kick. No, no. They'll be kick. No. I'll kick, I'll kick him in the shins. I'll kick off. (laughs) Salva. 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 Yeah. Anyway, I'll tell you what, as punishment, Salva slash steak, I'm honestly fuming on this. As punishment, your constructor's points are actually going to be split between where you're called steak and yeah. where you're not called steak. Love that. Can I? There you go. So one of them will have two points and the other one will have none. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to make a reference to the Braun documentary twice in one go, in one episode. It's a good thing to be fair. There's a bit in it where they're, they're, they're debating, Braun's, Braun have no money. Um, and there's a bit in it where they're trying to get money from they earned from the previous year. Yes. And Bernie Eccleston wouldn't let them have it. He withholds it. Because they were called Honda the previous year, even though it's the same team. Now, I'm not going to say, oh gosh, it was better in the Bernie days, but Bernie Eccleston would not have let this happen. That man. And that is a bad sign. He understood legalities. The man, to a letter, knew what he was doing. How's that? How's the uh, HMRC Same deal with Force India Racing Point though, right? Force India and Racing Point were two separate organisations and they were treated that way. And it's just funny, isn't it? It is funny. It's embarrassing though, isn't it? it re- like you look at IndyCar at the moment and you look at like the McLaren livery, livery that was just launched and the drivers are mocking F1 because Andretti isn't allowed in and they've got 27 cars racing around with all in seconds of each other and we're debating whether an F1 team could be called an F1 team at a third of the Grand Prix. It is embarrassing for us. Still 10 minutes though, didn't it? Thank you for the content. <laughs> I'd love to say this will be the last thing we say about steak, but I doubt it will be. Um, We will take our final break of this episode. On the other side, we've got late faking. Okay, here we go. It's time for late faking. Fake and the other ones are right. So help me, Christ, I'll make my 
decision in a second, Sam, you're gonna have to wait, cause Ben made this game so hard, and I'm down by five. I always think you get the wrong raw end of the stick in that song. I'm always down by five. And I, I don't think you've ever, I, I have, you have never been down by five. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh well, it's impressive. Uh, okay, so late faking, six questions, um, and there are four possible answers in each question, but one of them's a fake, and it's the job of the guys to determine which one is the fake. Harry, what number would you like to go for to start us off? It's nice not to have seven or eight in, in it. It makes life easier. <laughs> that did stress you out. Oh, I'll bring back eight again. Now. Show me my options is a fantastic game, but the numbers are confusing. Um, number four, please, Ben. <laughs> Number four. Okay, I'm going to give you four circuits. Three of them have had 40 or more Grand Prix in their history. One of them has not. One of them's had 39. Ben. I'll confirm the one that hasn't had 40 has not had 39. It's going to be 38. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually not, but that would be funny. Um, Circuit Gilles Villeneuve. Imola. The Nürburgring and Interlagos. Which Nürburgring, my G? You won? Old oh, one? Uh, it's all, all of it. All is one. All of them. You can make me whole again. Um, circuit Jovonev. No, it is not the circuit Gilles Villeneuve. Um, was nodding. I thought that was right. Sam's been nodding. No. It's not fair. <laughs> well, I really thought good news right. for you both. It's not as if the circuit Gilles Villeneuve has actually had the most on that list. Um, oh, wait, no, it has. Has it? Yeah, just, Imola's, yeah in, in fairness, it's very close between the top three. So that's like 42, 41, 40. But then the other one is just had 30. Imola's just had 30. So, I'm shooketh. Do I have to steal? Is that the game? No. Oh, it's not that game. Okay. Sorry, I've got the rules. He just told us the answer. I feel you like I've given too that. much information to steal. <laughs> oh, I didn't absorb that information. <laughs> Is the answer the Nurburgring? <laughs> it's in. No, it was Imola. Oh, <laughs> I wasn't listening. <laughs> in a game where you can't steal, and I told you the answer, still you still wrong. haven't got a point. That is so me. <laughs> Oh. Right. We're at nil-nil. <laughs> Over to you, Sam. Hello, number two, please, Ben. Number two. Four races from last year. Three of them, Max Verstappen won by at least 20 seconds. I want you to tell me the one where he didn't win it by 20 seconds or more. Singapore. If only that were an option. <laughs> <laughs> the Monaco Grand Prix. Spanish Grand Prix, Hungarian Grand Prix, British Grand Prix. Um, I'm going to go with these girls for like Monaco, Monaco. I don't know, Monaco. You're right, you didn't know. It wasn't Monaco. <laughs> Good. Good. If it stayed dry, I think it might have been. Well, that's why I thought it was yeah. under. But yeah, yeah, but in the way he ran off, didn't they? Yeah, Alonso was obviously V close at one point. Yeah, and stopped twice. Um, 
correct answer there was the British Grand Prix. That was actually a, a closer one. So the Hungarian Grand Prix was the biggest at 33 seconds. Monaco was 27. Spain was 24. And then the British Grand Prix, 3.7 seconds at the flag. Oh, quite close, actually. Hungary, I knew, was the biggest. Who, that- was, who was second in uh, Silverstone last year? Sainz, wasn't it? Norris? Oh, right. Yeah, oh, yeah, because right. we, we had the safety car right towards the end and Piastri got robbed of his first podium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. God, I've got such a reactive yeah. memory. Yeah, I do. I, honestly, then I was like, if someone had said, tell me what happened in the 2023 British GP, I'd be like, don't know. But now I remember all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. quite annoyed now. God's sake. Okay. Incatacli. Incatacli. Number Back five. Back to you, Harry. What number? Number five, please, Ben. Number five. Very abrupt. Uh, five. <laughs> Number five coming up. <laughs> uh, four drivers, three of them scored points in the 2008 Brazilian Grand Prix. Which one didn't? Nah, see, that's, that's a tricky one. Go on then. Giancarlo Fisichella, Jano Trulli, Kimi Raikkonen, Heike Kovalainen. <laughs> I don't. It could be any of them. Literally could be any of them. Do you know why the 08 Grand Prix score. is an interesting one? <laughs> Go on, tell us. Because on Patreon for our first classic review, oh, he's- that's the episode we're going to be watching for the first Heritage Grand Prix. So uh, nice. if you'd like to go back and watch a bit of 08 and then hear us review it, get involved on Patreon. When do we? When do I need to have watched that race again? Bye. We'll discuss that off air. All right. Um, Before this question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. <laughs> Um, Fisichella. I think that's right. It is Fisichella. Oh, nice. That is correct answer. Well done. Uh, so I think Raikkonen finished third in that race. Um, Truly was eighth. Kovalainen was seventh. And then Fisichella was two laps down. He was the last <laughs> finisher. Oh, yeah. Um, I, don't, I, I don't remember what happened to him. Bad he was race. in his fourth He's trying to find Tanzania. Yeah. <laughs> He's found it. <laughs> it's like, oh, it took him a while. It's going to happen. <laughs> we have a point on the board. Harry leads 1-0. Back to you, Sam. Uh, I'll have number three. Oh, he's got it early. Three. <laughs> Which of these drivers is not Argentinian? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, if I entire friends is on the list, I'm going to die. Here's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Esteban Tuero. Oh, it's say, oh, Nicola Larini. <laughs> yeah. Jose Froilan Gonzalez. Norberto Fontana. Oh, they're all made up names. <laughs> I've forgotten half of them already. <laughs> they're not made up. <laughs> Can you read them out again, please, Ben? You might just have yeah. to say which one. Yeah, like I just need to remember the names. <laughs> I've forgotten them all. Esteban Tuero. Yeah. Nicola Larini. Yeah. Jose Froilan Gonzalez. Yeah. Norberto Fontana. Uh, Gonzalez. No. Gonzalez. <laughs> Gonzalez, Argentinian. <laughs> oh, I thought it might be Mexican, to be fair. <laughs> what about Nicola Larini? That's the, um, that was my other one. That was the other one I was going to go that for. That's right, surely. Uh, yeah, Larini is Italian. That is yep. annoying. I, I did think that as well. I thought it was a trick quite Italian sounding trick name. Question. Yeah, well, Heinz uh, Harold Frankson's quite a German sounding name. I thought it was Argentinian. You make a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> we stay at 1 0. It's back to Harry. If you get this one right, you win. Number one or number six? I get it right. Number one, please. 
Uh, which of these engines did Jordan never run? Get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Honda, Ford, Renault, Peugeot. Um, I'm going to go with Renault. 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 Ren, yes. Oh, very good. Nice. Ren, yes. Um, Yeah, so I think they they started out with Ford and then came back to Ford a little bit later on. So not the last year, but the last couple of years, I think, before they they technically left the grid. Um, Obviously, Mugen Honda was... uh, I thought you were going to be like... ...the 90s for them. Tricky. I thought you'd be tricky and be like, it's not a Honda, it's a Mugen. That would be very me, yeah. Savage. Oh, well. Sam, number six or number six? Uh, this is a fake number, I think. Well, number six. Mm. Nice. You yes. haven't had seven or eight yet. Oh, fair. leave it out, Ben. Have a day off, mate. Leave it. <laughs> Which of, uh, so four races, three of them, Jensen Button won in 2009. Which one didn't he win? The Australian Grand Prix, the Malaysian Grand Prix, Turkish Grand Prix, the German Grand Prix. God, if only I'd watched the entire Braun documentary recently. You have, right? Yes. All right, you got this then. No. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I meant by if only I'd done my research. Oh, no. Um, now, he won in Australia. I know that for sure. And there was a whole drama thing about him in the Turkish Grand Prix because there was contact with one of the Red Bulls. I think. But I'm going to ignore all that and go with my gut because that's always right and say the German Grand Prix. Trust your gut. That is the correct answer. Yes! Um, (laughs) German Grand Prix was won by Mark Webber. That was his first ever race win. Look at me go. Research pays off. I didn't know the answer. I kind of guess. It sure does. Harry wins 2-1. That's fine. (laughs) That's respectable. It's respectable. Oh dear. It's a bit of a fake of a game, that. But I'll tell you what's not a fake of a segment. The greatest segment in all of Formula One podcasting. It is the LB question of the week. <laughs> Great. Week. Everyone's gonna love that one. <laughs> Sorry, telephone users. Yep. Uh, so our question of the week this time out was, who should replace Lewis Hamilton at Mercedes? Wrong answers only. Um, I'm going to shout out Hayley on Instagram for this one. It was by far the most liked question, uh, answer, and that was Kirsty. That if she can handle the three of us, she can handle anything. And I would argue that the Mercedes drive is simpler. <laughs> <laughs> yes. simpler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, sorry, I've just seen the one. I've not read through these yet, which is obviously classic. Um, who's somebody said, get Clyde out of the cockpit. <laughs> I've replied. Yeah, I think it's Clive's. But I like it, Clyde. He's not called Clyde, though. It's yeah. a different person. Oh, dear. It's um, his brother, isn't it? No, he hasn't got a brother. I don't know who Clyde is. Sort of fabricated characters that I keep in my cupboard. <laughs> Dawson said a warm Clive's bowl of porridge. Oh, I don't know how he drives the car. <laughs> 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 
dear. I, I honestly spent like five minutes reading through these earlier, just laughing constantly because there were so many ridiculous ones. Um, Dakota probably got me the most with Otmar's children. <laughs> Mid race like IMSA drivers. <laughs> In a pit stop, change them over. <laughs> um, the banker got a ton of answers, so thank you to everyone that was picking up yeah. the banker. Much love. Um, randomly, Pitbull's there. Prize Pitbull there. Buddy system. <laughs> Dally. Mr. Worldwide. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I don't know if this was the same person as last time, but if it was, uh, Andrew has again put Barry Mann. <laughs> <laughs> At the Copacabana. <laughs> I actually like Barry Magalow as well. He's got some good songs. <laughs> oh, Bazza. I don't think we ever referenced him before. <laughs> no. I, maybe he should be a cult Just hero. Just a huge Barry Manilow oh. fan. Um, Jay Hammer, eight, the eighth Jay Hammer, uh, Jackson Hammerschmidt, has said here, and he's, he's tapped into something that the three of us do socially that I don't think a lot of people realise, but he said the world champion, Barmule Hockage, um... And that is a combination of you three. And of course, he doesn't know our FIFA managerial name. Very sage. Very sage. <laughs> has, sage. has been for 10 there years, always will be. We're all three of us players as the worst team in the worst league we can find. We always dress them in a drag thing for no reason. We've got 369 episodes into this podcast. <laughs> not much of Berry Sage. I'm not sure Berry, Berry Sage is Berry Manilow. <laughs> Oh dear. Ooh, Very ooh. sage. Can I just say this one? I don't, I do not agree with the, um, the premise of it, but it, I, when I, the notification came in, it made me laugh so much. I have to read it out. It's from Matthew Bonner. And he said, <laughs> my wife, they both win as much as each oh, other. <laughs> oh yeah, that is awful. Matthew, I hope I your wife agree. doesn't listen. Actually, I hope your wife does listen to the show <laughs> because that is oh, atrocious. A few shouts for Mika Hackland coming back from sabbatical. We loved that. It could happen. My dad said the guy from Oxford with the map on his face, which he also <laughs> witnessed. <laughs> That's a nice reference. We had a lot of fun laughing at that man. Oh dear. Two separate people said Mr. Bean. <laughs> <laughs> I love Mr. Bean. The original Mr. Bean, not um, cartoon Mr. Bean. There's a very definite difference. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Ben, you go. I was going to say a couple of shouts for Dave Benson Phillips, um, including Mama Sage. Mama Sage. Um, but yeah, a couple of shouts for DBP. The um, Instagram sometimes hides captions, I guess, if it thinks it's rude. But the ones it's hidden are Thomas the Tank Engine, the Statue of Liberty, <laughs> <laughs> Nick DeFries, which is even more savage, um, and then uh, Rag and Nathan. Oh, yeah. Okay, sure. Um, I just want to jump Ooh. back to Ollie Emerson on uh, Twitter, who stated a jumbo sausage sculpted into the shape of Pierre Gasly. Uh, Ryan said Felipe Massa so he can win the 2024 title and get over 2008, Ooh. which I thought was savage. Ooh, that's savage. And funny. That is savage. Um... I mean, you, you, you don't... Shout out for Duke Dinsmore. Oh, bloody Duke Dinsmore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, once again, you've outdone yourselves, folks. They are very funny. We always have a good chuckle reading them. There's yeah. one more I want to read out, Go which is from Norm from Texas. And all he said was, hear me out, dot, 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 Ralph Wiggum. <laughs> I'm in danger. 
<laughs> of course. My, uh, what's uh, my cat? Again, after after last week's question of the week being the most responded to question ever, I think this one then broke that record. So um, we are loving the interaction and the engagement from all of you. It means a lot. And we are growing. as usual, we'll get another one out there on uh, on Monday of next week. So Instagram and Twitter, just make sure you... I, I know a couple of you put things on Facebook, but I'm really sorry. <laughs> we don't look at that. <laughs> One lovely lady emailed us an answer to the question of the week. And I'm so sorry. We do, we only do business stuff on there, so it doesn't really get looked at. Should I look at it now? You can do. Have fun finding it. It, it was, was a while ago. It was, I don't know. What, from for this question? Could be. This is my point. We just got an email about it, though. Oh. Think, oh, too many emails. We're so popular. We're very, we're very business-like now because of all the support you give us. So thank you for that. Well, as much as I appreciate us going through our emails, must be a great listening experience. <laughs> it's probably time for us to get out of this, Sam. Oh, sorry about that end, folks. Um, thank you for listening. Discord, the link's in the description below. And please do check out the new Patreon. We are really trying to put a lot of time and effort into it. You get loads of content, I think, for your money. We did some research about competitors and... We do believe it's really good value. So give it a try. And if you're on a different tier and you want, oh, I like that bit of content, upgrade. Go on, just a cheeky upgrade. Because I promise you, it helps out this show more than you know. We are getting so close to being able to do this all of the time. And the Patreon is a massive supporter of that. Um, follow us on social media, Late Breaking F1 everywhere. Uh, I mean, you can find it everywhere. It's not Late Breaking F1 everywhere. I, I thought someone might get confused about that because I do say it a lot. Well, they got confused about your poll you did the other day, so... That was me, to be fair. Oh, God. That was me. <laughs> um, so well. Entirely me and the Discord. Um, we're also on YouTube. This has been recorded. Um, same, late-breaking F1. And... Everywhere. <laughs> we will, of course, be back in the midweek. Uh, thanks for your support. We love you. And in the meantime, I've been Samuel Sage. I've been Ben Hocking. I've been Barry Manilow. <laughs> <laughs> I remember... Keep breaking <laughs>